When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I want to speak to Professor John Tong, who's an expert in British and Irish politics. He's with the University of Liverpool. Very kindly, he's on the programme because he makes this sound easy. He makes it sound simple. He makes it sound understandable. <laughs> no, no pressure then, John. No pressure. Uh, John, th- th- that vote last night um, that went through by just one, maybe you just remind us of the context of that and, of course, what progress might be made between the Leader of the Opposition and the Prime Minister today. Yes, basically last night's vote was to mandate the Prime Minister to seek a longer extension from the European Union rather than leave with no deal on April the 12th. Now, there's no guarantee that the European Union will say uh, yes uh, to Parliament's request, but I still think that's more likely than not because ultimately the European Union doesn't want us to leave and so they may be very amenable to an extension lasting perhaps as long as a year. There'll be a price to be paid for that. I mean, we'll pay a full bill to the European Union. We will have to contest European Parliament elections. And it raises the question whether we would ever leave. This is subject to confirmation, I should say, by the House of Lords. But I suspect that will be a formality. A bill was passed in the Commons last night in a single evening uh, to mandate the Prime Minister now. The Commons very much in charge. The Prime Minister is now formally mandated to request this extension uh, for potentially well beyond April the 12th. And like I say, it does raise the question, shall we ever leave? Well, will we ever leave, considering that Mr Corbyn and Mrs May are now talking to each other, maybe talking to each other in a more cordial way than we might have expected? Yes, what they're trying to do is is, is seek a way forward, something that could be tagged onto the withdrawal agreement. Theresa May has said in her almost weekly now broadcast to the nation that that her one earlier this week, she said that the withdrawal agreement has to be passed. In other words, the European Union are not going to change the withdrawal agreement with all the controversy over the backstop and other features of that withdrawal agreement. The, the, what Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn are trying to do is, is thrash out beyond the withdrawal agreement. A permanent customs union would probably be the favourite for that. So in other words, we have a withdrawal agreement with a transitional phase until the end of December uh, 2020. And then after that, uh, we would go towards potentially a permanent customs union with the European Union, with all the strengths and weaknesses uh, of a customs union. So that's what the, the unlikely may corbyn axis uh, is 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 doing i mean the dup must be feel pretty annoyed that in effect she's almost run off with the, with, with the man next door when they, they thought they were in at, at number 10 because the, the dup of all the parties probably loathe the withdrawal agreement more than anything else because it contains that backstop which in the dup's view places northern ireland potentially permanently uh, aligned to the european union single market and northern ireland alone aligned 
EP's bottom line is we want a UK-wide departure. We want a UK-wide Brexit. So whether the May-Corbyn uh, uh, unlikely alliance will actually come up with, with an agreement is another question. And I think Jeremy Corbyn's under a lot of pressure himself, certainly from Emily Thornberry, uh, for example, within his own party, to agree to force a second referendum upon a, a reluctant Theresa May. Jeremy Corbyn's not that keen either on a second referendum on uh, on the, the deal that is agreed between the two. So I think that's you know a question that really does need resolving. Do you think the DUP are at risk of being embarrassed here or as long as they don't give in to the backstop, will they be seen as central to the union and therefore representing the people who voted them into power? They've certainly become more marginal. I mean, in they've gone from holding the balance of power to somewhere where they are not irrelevant, but they are less powerful if there is consensus across the conservative Labour divide on the way forward. Now, there isn't a full consensus. There's plenty of right-wing backbenchers on the Conservative Party, members of the European Research Group, who loathe uh, the Prime Minister's political direction. There are some on the Labour side, not as many, who are, are, are disgruntled um, over... Uh, in, in effect having to own what they would regard as, a, as the Conservatives' Brexit. But there's probably sufficient in the middle on, on moderates on both sides, Conservative and Labour, who would probably welcome some cross-party consensus. Um, and that does, that does marginalise the DUP. And really, we wait to see what, what May and Corbyn can come up with. I mean, it's a question as well of how hard Jer Jeremy Corbyn pushes for some of the things that his, many in his party would like. The customs union, okay, that, that's probably fine but with the bulk of his party. If you go for a customs union single market, you are, you are sailing very close to the EU shore. That, that's, that will be dis dismissed by critics as Brian or Brexit in name only. Um, and then there's the issue of the second referendum. There are quite a few Labour MPs as well unhappy with the idea of a second referendum because they represent leave constituencies and, and they're fearful that those Labour leave constituencies will feel betrayed by being forced to vote again. Then there's, of course, the issue of what on earth you would put on the ballot paper. Would you put three options on the ballot paper? Would you put no deal? Uh, whatever May Corbyn agree, presumably customs union, and remain, would remain be back on the ballot paper, given that people voted against it three years ago. So, you know, let's not pretend there are easy answers here. Probably the biggest area of consensus would be for a customs union. That provokes controversy, though, because it means that in some areas, not covered by a customs union, uh, you can conduct global trade deals. But on those aspects covered by a customs union, the UK cannot simply go off and conduct business elsewhere, conduct a separate trade deal uh, with a country. Everywhere they turn, they seem to run into a problem. John Tong, thank you very much indeed. <coughs> Eamon Malley is listening to uh, all of that and keeping a watchful eye on every Brexit move. Good morning, Eamon. Good morning, Frank. Eamon, how do you view the DUP in all of this? Uh, we noticed that the leader of the Democratic Unionist Party already talking about other issues that will be happening after this is resolved, just reminding the Conservatives that there'll be other decisions to be made. Do you, do you get a sense that they're, they're mellowing and they're uh, about to wilt to some extent, or is there no chance of that? Well, I, I couldn't have foreseen a concession on the, the backstop as such, because the, the consistent rhetoric has been demanding uh, ch uh, changes that are legally binding. But uh, Jeffrey Donaldson, I mean, say, I, I highlighted this immediately once I heard the utterance falling from his mouth yesterday. 
when he said we would have preferred a form of Brexit that enables the UK to do deals with other countries. And maybe he said, and this is what really took me by surprise, and maybe a customs union might be a temporary starting post towards that objective. Now, that came as a surprise, but there's something going on here. There's some choreography going on here. You have uh, Sammy Wilson out, very, very tough, inflexible in his position in recent days. And then in the last two days, we have Jeffrey Donaldson, Mr. Mr. Nice Man. And his tone is different. And the fact that he said we would have preferred a form of Brexit. Now, this implies to me that in their minds, they now know that their aspiration is waning. Secondly, I think that uh, their self-respect is coming into play now. Uh, they just do not know what Theresa May is going to do. The bottom line is they were bounced by her decision at the end of the seven hours of that cabinet meeting. They were totally bounced when she announced that she was going to engage uh, with Jeremy Corbyn. It came as an absolute shock to, the, to that party. And yet that was reflected in the statement which Nigel Dodds uh, released immediately after that. So it was rather a humiliating development for her, for, for them. And the other thing is, does anyone think that she arbitrarily decided that she was going to do that? Now, I, it's very specific. Uh, that lady, Perry, who, who was in, at the cabinet meeting, uh, Conservative, she's very emphatic. Now, she didn't give very much away, but she's very emphatic that it was not a minority decision uh, by Theresa May uh, to do what she did. So that is quite significant. But the fact that the DUP were not on the inside track is worrying from the Democratic Unionist point of view. Do you get a sense that the Democratic Unionists are as divided internally as Labour and the Conservatives are on Brexit, but they're not prepared to admit it? Uh, no, there are, there are there are divisions. All right, there are there are. Well, you can you, you get a sense from the tone of what's being said at, at times. Arling is still quite dogmatic. Uh, you can see at times that Nigel Dodds is nuancing. He's thinking on his feet. He said, for example, he preferred to stay in Europe rather than risk Northern Ireland's position uh, arising out of what's going on now. So you can see that he is thinking uh, uh, more widely, more broadly, whereas Sammy is very dogmatic. Arlene is very dogmatic. And, of course, uh, the perception is that Ian Jr., is, is, is on a solo run in terms of how he is, is operating. His speech in the square in London the other day was a, a, a very stentorian performance, more in the, in the style of his father many years ago. Quite remarkable. Well, we, 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 we don't hear that rhetoric anymore, you know. It was such a throwback, but very entertaining. But nevertheless, it, it, it was, again, further out um, in terms of the Democratic Union's people like Dodds and, and Jeffrey. So I, I think that uh, in their hearts, they would like to get off this hook. Uh, they, they know that the tide is running somewhat against them. Now, of course, they're clinging to the fact that there would be many stages in this whole uh, process in Parliament if a, an agreement uh, arises, and they say they'll play their part because they'll still be numerically significant. But the question is, come June, will they maintain the self-respect 
to enter into another conference on supply motion if Theresa Bay is in charge because they've been they have rather been abused in recent days by by by, by the Conservative Party and abandoned by Boris Johnson. You had Rhys Mogg, Jacob Rhys Mogg, saying that he was going to support Theresa May's deal, subject to the position and attitude of the Democratic Unionist Party. And what did he do? He went into the lobbies and abandoned them ruthlessly. So the, the Democratic Unionist Party is getting a lesson. Remember, it was nationalism that bought the concept of, uh, of the attitude towards Britain in the, in the 18th century, perfidious orbit. The Democratic Unionists, too, are getting a little flavor of perfidious Albany, a, a, a phrase which goes back to the 17th century, I think it was, it was French who coined it, perfide obion. Uh, so the Democratic Unions are getting a flavour, a touch of how the Tories behave. Eamon, I love a highbrow finish to a political explanation. Thank you very, very much indeed. Eamon Malley with his eye on Brexit. You- 